0: Sure-Shane podcast shining a light to the nations Shalom everybody I'm Bill Cloud and I want to welcome you to this week's Torah tidbit In this week's tidbit it's going to be taken from the Torah portion that is called Torumah and Torumah is the Hebrew word for contributions and in this tour portion, it's going to focus on all the different preparations for the Mishkan, which is the Hebrew word for tabernacle. What we're going to do is take a look at a very important concept that is connected to the tabernacle. And that is to us as believers, that concept is that we are temples of the Holy Spirit. That's what we are supposed to be or how we're supposed to live our lives. Now, the book Exodus or the Hebrew name Shemot, it's known in rabbinical literature as the book of redemption. But this Torah portion is going to demonstrate to us that redemption was a lot more than just being released from Egyptian bondage. It was even more than just going to the mountain, that is Mount Sinai. It was about attaining a spiritual level whereby God could dwell, or shall we say, tabernacle among us. We see this concept from the very beginning of the Bible when he initiated the Torah with the letter called Beit, and that is a letter that represents a house. From that point all the way until the end of Scripture, where we see in the book of Revelation how the new Jerusalem comes down out of heaven to the earth. And so God's purpose for creation, and mankind in particular, is clear. He wanted to dwell among His people. And so it is in this Torah portion that we read this in Exodus chapter 25, verse 8. And let them make me a sanctuary. That word is mikdash. Let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. That phrase there that... It says, dwell among them. In Hebrew is the term, and it's derived from the Hebrew root word, which means to dwell in. A derivative of this word is one that you're familiar with. It's pronounced or you've probably heard it Shekinah. A word that, by the way, does not mean glory, even though popular opinion says it does. It actually refers to the indwelling presence of God. And so, consequently, the verse that we just read here in Exodus 25 could be rendered Let them build me a sanctuary that I might dwell in them. But for that to happen, we have to go through the process of redemption. Of course, first, there is the deliverance from Egypt, or in our case, the bondage of sin. Then we must go to the mountain that He may teach us His ways, that we learn to distinguish between clean and unclean, between holy and profane, then we see that He will dwell among us. Thus, this particular portion is dedicated to the preparations of the Mishkan, or the tabernacle, or we could even say more literally, dwelling place. I want you to notice the word Mishkan. It comes from the same root word, shachan, that means to dwell in. So embedded within the word mishkan is the purpose of the mishkan. And that is that the creator might dwell among, or shall we say more literally, in his people. And this is very important for you and I to embrace, considering that we, as his people, are to be considered temples of the Holy Spirit. As Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning at verse 19, he says, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So as we said earlier, redemption, it's a process. It doesn't all culminate overnight. And that process is, and part of that process, whereby God could dwell among his people required that his people get involved. And so in our Torah portion, their involvement was, they had to contribute to the building of the sanctuary by bringing their teruma or their portion or their contribution, their offering, whatever word you'd like to use there. And that word terumah comes from a root word that means to uplift or something that is lifted off or separated. So the idea here is that it indicates the components of the Mishkan were constructed of those possessions that the people of Israel had separated and lifted to a higher purpose. So likewise, we are instructed and we are encouraged to bring what we possessed, possess and, if you will, lift it and separate it for a higher purpose. That is to say, all of our faculties and all of our abilities are supposed to be dedicated to God's use and to his purpose. And everything we do should be done as unto the Lord. Now, all of this is supposed to be predicated on the first and greatest command, which you know is to love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. But I want you to notice that that command begins with the heart. And so it is in our Torah portion that we see that the Ark of the Covenant, because it contains the tablets of the law and because this will be God's resting place, It is the focus of the tabernacle as it relates to the furnishings. And it's easy to understand why, because this is where his presence would rest between the cherubim, and it's from there that he would speak to Moses. And consequently then, the Ark came to represent his presence. It also came to represent his word, the tablets of the law being housed within the Ark. Now the Hebrew word for Ark is Aron, and the Hebrew word aron is thought to be derived from the word or, which actually means light. And so this would suggest that the ark and the word it contains is the light from which Israel derives its strength. We could also say that this represents the light of the world, the, that, which appears at the very beginning, because the one who dwells there is the one who sanctifies the tabernacle and all that is associated with it. If Israel is to be a light among the nations, this is where the light emanates from. That's why he dwells among them, this nation that is called to be a light to the nations. So it's important for us to remember that the ark, which again contained the tablets of the law, that's the first piece of furniture that's mentioned in the dealings of the tabernacle, and it's going to be the first piece of furniture that is placed in the Mishkan, or the tabernacle, and specifically in the Holy of Holies, and that just happens to be the heart of the sanctuary. And so the point is, everything must begin in the heart, or the Holy of Holies of the house, whether we're talking about the ancient tabernacle, or whether we're talking about this tabernacle, that is, this body. The heart is where he desires to dwell. And when he does, consequently, all the rest of the tabernacle or all the rest of our being is going to be positively affected. That is our mind, our strength. And so what begins in the heart must and will resonate outwardly. And thus we see that the psalmist says in Psalm 119, verse 11, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. And so from that, we derive this conclusion. If his word resides in our heart, then it will resonate outwardly and it will affect the rest of our being, our mind, our body. In fact, in Psalm 1, when speaking of a blessed man, we're told this in verse 2. His delight is in the law or the Torah of the Lord and in his Torah or his law. He meditates day and night, in in other words, because he has hidden God's word or God's Torah, his law, if you will, in his heart, he now meditates upon it in his mind. It moves from his heart to his mind, in other words. And then those things that we meditate upon, those are the things that we will eventually manifest outwardly, that is in our body, in our strength. So again, when God's presence and his word resides in our heart, the Holy of Holies, if you'll allow me, it's going to permeate our mind, our consciousness, and then it's going to be expressed in our actions, where we go, what we do, what we eat, what we don't eat. Remember, the great command is to love God with all our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength, but it has to begin with our heart. Now consider this. If we keep his commands, if we, in a sense, bring offerings to the altar, but he's not really dwelling in our heart, what good is that sacrifice or that contribution that we bring? Because offerings were not the primary purpose of the sanctuary. The primary purpose is that his presence would dwell there. And so it's his presence that sanctifies the temple without his presence the tabernacle would simply be a tent. Without his presence in our lives, what is seen outwardly in my life is only going to be religion. And so this point is also demonstrated by looking at the Ark of the Covenant, because as we know, the Ark of the Covenant was overlaid within and without with gold, symbolizing, at least to me, that what is on the inside must be on the outside, and what is on the outside should truly reflect what is on the inside. In other words, to appear pure on the outside, but not be pure of heart and mind on the inside, is equivalent to a hypocrite. In rabbinical literature, this would be called a pig's foot, because if you were to observe a pig lying on its side outwardly, a pig appears to meet the qualifications of being clean and kosher it has a cloven hoof. But were we to inspect the pig inwardly? Because it does not chew its cud, it would be disqualified from being clean. So the point is, God wants to reside in our heart, on the inside, and that's why truth is supposed to dwell in the inward parts. The art was God's throne on this earth, and so His Word and His presence must be enthroned on our hearts, because that's the holy of holy of this tabernacle. And so if he dwells inside my heart, the body is going to feel the effects. He is going to be the Lord of my life in every way. And only then can our tabernacle truly function in the way that he has ordained. Only if he dwells within can we hope to realize our redemption The redemptive process begins with our release from the bondage of sin, that is being born again of the incorruptible seed that is the Messiah. And then it progresses as we learn to walk according to His ways, according to His commandments, and then to begin to implement these in our lives. And through this process, we are being conformed to the image of the Son of God. And because God so desired to have a house wherein He could dwell among His people. He was so committed to this, here's what He did, that He sent His Son and the Word became flesh and dwelt, or let's substitute this even better word, He tabernacled among us. And so because He was so committed to this, it is only fitting that we submit ourselves to His will and allow Him to dwell in us and work through us and fulfill our duty to be the temples of the Holy Spirit. That's the Torah tidbit for this week. I hope that you were blessed. Until next time, Shalom. Like what you're hearing? Become a Bill Cloud Premium Partner to watch or listen to hundreds of hours of teachings and resources on demand. Go to BillCloud.com slash subscribe to start watching today.